This week's episode of the Corner Store Podcast is sponsored by Carry My Own Weight Clothing. Are you a man or woman who knows what it means to carry your own weight? Have you been through your fair share of ups and downs, successes and failures? Well, the Carry My Own Weight brand is just for you. The everyday man or woman who grinds hard but wants to look good while doing it. Check out Carry My Own Weight exclusively on Instagram at C-A-R-R-Y-M-Y-O-W-N-W-E-I-G-H-T and look out for their new website, CarryMyOwnWeight.com, launching worldwide on June 20th. Let's start the show. Oh, man, let me run into the hey, store real quick. Hey, King Dom, man, hey. what's going on, bro? Hey, what's up, man, how you man? doing? I know you got a dollar for me, bro. Let me bro, hold it. Here you go, bro, here you go. Oh, thank you, King Be Dom. Blessed, Appreciate you, man. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Hey, how you doing, young fella? What can I do for you today? Ah, uh, nothing much, sir. Just, you know, just stop by to grab a few things. All right, young man. Well, let me just let you know that here at the corner store, we got everything that you need. You know, okay, if you okay. need the news, you want to keep up on everything that President Trump is doing. Mm, you can, can have that if you're hungry. There's some snacks. There's some drinks in the back, too, if you're thirsty. Mm. And, and before you leave, you make sure you grab yourself a copy of only the hottest rapper in the streets right now, Little Inmate. Now, I know you've heard of Little Inmate. What? Little Inmate? Hey, he's only the hottest rat trapper in the streets right now. You mean trap rapper? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Rat, trapper, trap, rapper, one of them things. I just, all I know is all the kids love it. Here's what I'll do for you. They usually cost $10 a piece, but I'll give oh, okay. you two for 10 That way you can give one out to one of your buddies. Uh, I'll just take the news. Brand new to the airwaves. 100 Do-It-All Radio. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy, King Dom. Welcome to the Corner Store Podcast Show. And uh, this is episode seven, and I'm happy to be back with y'all, man. Um, You know, we really have been just rocking out together for almost two months now, and I'm happy to be doing the show on 100 Do It All Radio. Um, It's good to be back, and today we got a great show for y'all. I got my my, somebody co-hosting with me today. Um, We got to welcome in my producer, uh, also station owner, and technically my boss, uh, DJ Mike Knight. What's going on, y'all? What up? What up? Yo, man, it's good to have you on. Yep, yep. It's, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard. Here, it's bro. hard talking to myself sometimes, man. I hear that. It's really hard. So I'm glad to have a, you know an extra voice. I've been bouncing off some ideas off of, uh, off of, off of Mike about some changes we need to make to the show. And I really think that um, having another voice would be great. So stay tuned for that decision because I'm going to try to see what we can do about that. Yep, but yep, yep, yep. Today, man, I got a few uh, topics we got to get to. So first thing we got to celebrate is tomorrow is the f- first game. Well, actually, when this is airing, tonight is the first preseason game. Wow. Football but is back. I'm ready, baby. I'm ready. I feel like the joy I get from this from when this happens every year is almost too much. My wife don't understand it. Yeah, it's it's not really for women, you know. Really, it's something for us to look forward to. That's it's big because football is only once a week, and it's not like basketball where it's every day. Right, exactly. So we got to wait almost what you know, close to nine months before football come back around. So I'm so excited. You know, I'm ready for seeing my Cowboys dominate this year. 
Oh, man. Cowboys. Oh, man. Well, you know, as long as y'all dominate everybody but the New York Giants, we'll be, we'll be good. Listen, you already know it's going to be us and y'all at the top. Well, we'll see because you know um, we waiting for that uh, we waiting for that suspension to come down for 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 Elliot. Come on, Aww. ain't gonna be no suspension. There's no there's not even nothing. The police said there wasn't even nothing really. He's there. going to be suspended. He didn't have five. He didn't had at least four or five incidents during the offseason. Roger Goodell is not having that. He will be suspended at least one or two games. It's gotta be one. Well, that's cool because you know who y'all play first. Yeah, we play y'all and we still gonna beat you. Well, we'll see. You know we'll what see. I mean? Y'all had everybody last year and y'all lost, so we'll see. I'm not gonna say we're gonna win or lose. I'm just gonna say strap on the helmets and, and, and let's get to it. Oh, man. Well, I guess we'll have to see, man. I'm excited. Um, Cowboys play the Cardinals tonight in the Hall of Fame game out in Canton, Ohio. It's, it's, it's gonna be probably a pretty sloppy game. We only gonna see the starters, if at all, maybe one series, and and uh, but I'm still just gonna probably watch the whole game just because football's back. I hear that, but y'all have a bunch of other players suspended as well. It's not just, <sighs> yeah. it's not just him, right? It's it's a, man. Listen, you know. niggas can't stay off of weed and stupid stuff. It's just it's frustrating, and really to me, man, like I don't think some of these players really understand the opportunity that you know the, the opportunity that they have this year with the players that they do have. I'm think. You know, the veterans like Jason Witten and Sean Lee, they really have to get people's asses in training camp because these, it looks like to me everybody just wants to be Instagram famous. Yeah, well, it's a, it's, it's a generational thing. It is. It is generational. It's not nothing that a lot of probably players haven't been doing for a long time, but now there's social media. So we can watch Ezekiel Elliott pull a girl's titty out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's stupid. Like, you're lucky she was cool because she could have been like, oh, my God, like, right, right. give me $500,000. Right. Oh, I'm pressing charges. Right. Yeah. He's lucky. He got lucky. He got to right grow now. up. Yeah. Man. He, he got to grow up. He got a lot. He got a lot of opportunity, and it's this ain't the time to be getting too excited about the fact that you're in the NFL. Like, you better make your money because you could be gone tomorrow. Right. He needs to have a, a good, uh, you know, secure system around him, and I think that's what a lot of players, when they come out, they don't have that that foundation around them of good people. And maybe he needs to have that. Yeah, well, you know, from what I've seen, Ezekiel Elliott has a pretty uh, pretty tight family. You know what I mean? His dad, they're all on ESPN all the time. His mom's always on ESPN all the time. They got, he got brothers and sisters. He comes from a pretty somewhat privileged background from what I see. But that could be the issue. Maybe but he's, he's immature. Been, right. Maybe he's been doing these things all along, and now because he's in the NFL, they're magnified. Yeah, and that's true. And I think, But I think the thing is, like somebody said – Ezekiel Elliott, just from an from a uh, from acting standpoint, as a as a he's like 21 going on 17, yeah. and they said Dak Prescott's like 21 going on 35. Right. And some people definitely. are just have a different maturity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I don't know Ezekiel Elliott's past, but you know, he seems to probably probably been a golden child most of his life. Right. You know what I mean? And having two parents, sometimes those kids come out and they always been the big man on campus. Dak Prescott lost his mom early. Probably was much much more humble, you know what I mean, situation. So you can see how that is. But hopefully they get that together because uh, they got a great opportunity. And, you know, I always respect the Giants as much as I hate everybody in the NFC East. As long as you're not an Eagles fan because I hate the Eagles. Uh, well, we have a mutual enemy. 
I hate the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Eagles fans. I know a lot of Eagles fans. There's no Me disrespect too. to you. It's just the way that y'all carry yourself and y'all going to win the Super Bowl every year. My thing is with y'all, just be a little realistic. Like, if y'all not good, just, just you know, if you're not good, just be like, ah, I don't know how we're going to be this year. Right. Don't come out every year talking about win we're going to win the Super Bowl every, every year. Every single come year. Come on, man. Come on. Be, come on. It's now. so many. It's like it's delusional. Like, right. Right. especially when, like, I, I still never let them live down Chip Kelly because that was this. It was great for years watching oh, wow. him destroy. The wizard of offense. Oh, my gosh. Thought he had some type of new space age technology for the offense, but we saw that, how that turned out. But anyway, we're going to move on from the NFL because uh, we got some other things to talk about. Um, uh, the next thing I really wanted to talk about, man, was uh, this uh, Bobby Valentino situation. Wow. Mm. Wow. What can you say about that, man? Like, that's just a tough situation. The video was was bad. See, it's hard for me to really speak on it because do we know if he knew that that was a transgender person? All right, right. And that's in the first when I first saw the video, my first reaction was like, damn, like they really got him in a bad spot. Now, again, like I said, reexamining the video, it was definitely him. I don't think he really even denied that it was him, but. You know, and for y'all who don't know what I'm talking about, Google Bobby Valentino, and he's got a couple videos of him around transgender women and this whole situation. But after he came out and explained some stuff, it kind of, I see how it can make sense. Like, it sounded like he was doing something, whether he was meeting with a prostitute or not, or it seemed, it sounded like he, he didn't know that this person was transgender. And then once he found out, then he tried to break He out. tried to get out of the situation and probably. She says without paying. So if he's got to be honest about maybe he's messing with prostitutes, he, he, which is not unheard of. See, this is my thing with them, with those type of guys. Like, you know, you're you're still a star. You're still a star. You're not a you're not an A-list star. Right. But you got paid for it, though. Really? At that. I mean, people I, into some weird stuff, man. But you but you have to pay for it. I don't I don't mean at that. You wouldn't think if. At any level, if you if you've ever been a star, you should be able to get some free at least some go free to, box. At least go on to the club. Something. You right. would think. Now, you know, I'm not condoning any crazy behavior. I'm just saying in general, most of these you would think that most of these dudes, whether you've been on ten years ago or today, would be able to even just Right. Hit get, somebody on Instagram. Right. Get or, some free box. Why can't you? Why, why, why wouldn't you be able to get some free box? You know right what now? I think it is, dude? Like, I honestly think when you've been in the game and you've done that and you've been famous and you probably smashed all type of chicks and did all type of nasty stuff, you probably, it's harder to be excited. I really believe that. I believe if you just messing with mad women, doing all types of, these dudes probably in the industry doing all types of threesomes, all types of everything, have had every girl you can think of. And that's why the whole him messing with transgender women thing may not be unbelievable either. Cause some of these, 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 uh, these um these celebrities into some weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you mess around and you pretty much objectify women your whole career and you you messing with a lot of kid girls on the road. A lot of times you could just be not turned on by the what you use what right. what, what, what by you would normal think. stuff. Right by right. normal stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. But without without you know hearing it from him, like like I said, I don't know if he found out and then he broke out or did he continue on with the action right. after he knew and then didn't want to pay right. like that whole that whole thing is kind of gray right now so yeah. until we and we probably will never know but if we ever find that out that's probably you know 
will probably clear up some things. Yeah, and the other thing that confused me though, which I probably need to do more research on, is I didn't I didn't really understand why there was multiple videos. Like there's the one video I saw him running and trying to get out of the situation. There was another one with him chilling with some chick near an elevator. Yeah, and it seemed like he was cool on the video for a second. Then all of a sudden, right? Well, they said that was three days prior to the second one, from what I read. So that one was actually first, but it wasn't put out until after oh, the one him running down see, the hallway was but out. But it's a lot of, it's, how do you keep, I mean, I guess it's Atlanta, so you can run into transgender anywhere. Right. But, but he, he made this need to be honest with himself about his. Uh, but there were other people in the in the video in the first one. That saw one with Little Young Scrappy. Scrappy. Scrappy was with him. And I don't Maybe know. Maybe they didn't know those were the transgender right, that, women. That, that, Because why I would thought. you be all on social media? Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Unless hopefully. that's their thing. Hey, it's Atlanta. You know what I mean. You never know what's going. We on. We never know what's going on. I'm sure there's a lot of rappers. My uh, my wife always thinks there's a lot of rappers that are probably gay, but you know I wouldn't be surprised. But um, yeah, hopefully Bobby V works all that out, man. I definitely was a fan of the music back in the day. No um, question. No question. You know he's got. He just you know it was, it was bad timing too because he just dropped another album. Literally. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know he Two dropped the ago. album, but I really like his music. Yeah, he's always been. He's been on the. Uh, he's always had that sound, mm-hmm. that radio sound. Um, but hopefully he gets that together, man. It was weird because he followed me on Twitter randomly like a month ago. Wow. So now I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> oh. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa. Maybe I should hit him up and see if we can get him on the show or something. Yeah, right now he's low. I mean, he he'll probably fly out here for free for some <laughs> for some free press. <laughs> right. We could probably get him. Well, we can we can guarantee get him. him and be some positive press. For right. Him. We might have to just get him a cheesesteak or something. He might come through. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dang. Cheesesteak. He's doing interviews for cheesesteaks. That's crazy. But yo, my other thing, man. Did you see? Um, speaking of uh, celebrities putting themselves in bad situations, Cardi B. I just seen this before I came in here. Have you seen what's going on with Cardi B? I have not. Okay. So, Cardi B, I respect her hustle, first and foremost. And I got a little bit of a tie with her, with her PR manager, who's from Delaware. You know, I got a chance to interview Cardi. Right, right. She's cool. I just seen... One thing I know about Cardi is that she's very who she is. She's literally still living out in the Bronx. She's still out there in the hood. Mm -hmm. And what I felt like was going to happen, happened yesterday, apparently. So... Uh, if, all, if y'all ain't checked it out, this is brand new today on World Star. There's a video of Cardi B arguing with some girls in the Bronx. Her, you can, I think it, clearly you can see her as her sister Hennessy, who's ever, who's, who's, you know, we all know her from Love and Hip Hop too. Um, they're out in the Bronx arguing with these girls. One girl with a Adidas tracksuit on. She looks like to me not, not the one to mess with. It's a straight female with an Adidas tracksuit and a New York hat on. Literally, uh, probably shell toes too. It was the most, you know. That was the most niggerish thing I've ever seen. <laughs> on wow. Some, wow. She had, she had the whole thing on there. But no, really, it was crazy. It was three girls they was all arguing for like four minutes. It didn't seem like nobody wanted to do nothing. Then all of a sudden, things get closer. Cardi B comes around the side, and she lunges after this girl. Just straight, you know, and they start fighting. So there's three different fights going on. Cardi B's grabbing the girl's hair. She falls backwards into a car. You know, it just, I, then you couldn't tell what was going on from there. But what I thought from that situation is that, you know, I appreciate how she's come up. And I and I know her PR person. I know that they all have worked really hard to get where they're, you know, where she's at from where she came from. And that's the kind of stuff that can't happen to me. You know what I mean? Like, you got to realize your opportunity and get stop dealing with the hood stuff. I know she's affiliated with Bloods and all type of stuff. But she's going to be. That's the same path. I think Bobby Schmurder and some of them people went down well you got to understand that some people are 
not industry people. You know I, what I yeah. mean? And, and and maybe she's not. No. You I know, agree. you know, I mean everybody is, you know, some people are in the streets people and some people are industry people. Yeah. And then, you know, you got the people who move from the streets to the industry, you know, that have good PR people and have good managers and have good people around them. Mm-hmm. But like I said, everybody doesn't have good people around them. But also, she's an adult. Yeah. So even if our PR person or whoever it is that's working with her is around her telling her what to do, if she's out doing this on her own, you know. Right. There's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. You can't she, tell people right. what to she's do. She's an adult. But somebody's going to have to have that conversation with her because I remember recently uh, listening to uh, the Chris Lighty story on Spotify and they were just talking about how a lot of people, rappers, people who came from the hood, once they became successful had to have that crossroads moment and it was a moment where either you were going to focus on your art and focus on where you were here and continue to be successful or you was going to hang and do the same stuff you was doing but only you can't have both and some in some ways you can but in some ways you can't you don't think somebody had that conversation with her already i don't know i think she early in her career she getting successful and i think she's kept it cool from now but when you got videos of you fighting chicks coming out it's not good it's not good for when it comes to um dealing with business heads i think Business heads want you, just like Bobby Schmurter. Bobby Schmurter always talk about, because he's a great, a great example. Like they want you to talk about the, the gang stuff. They want you to talk about the drugs. They mm-hmm. want you to talk about the guns and sales. But what they don't want is really for you to be doing it, right? Because it's not good for their image, and that's why Epic never paid a dime to bail Bobby Schmurter out of prison. See, I think I, I I've always believed that if you become somewhat successful in the music industry or sports you have to move now i'm not saying turn your back on the hood but i'm saying i think you have to move just because people are going to try you try your family members um kidnap your family members so on and so forth that's just like winning the lottery and still living in your in your old neighborhood exactly and nobody else has money around you what do you think is going to happen they're going to plot on you right and that's you know when i texted i actually texted her pr person after i seen it and i was like yo you got you know I know I'm not nobody, but you got to tell Cardi, stop messing with these lame people. Like, you are going to have to realize that you can't mess with people. You're going to have people in the hood that are jealous of your success. What did and she say? She didn't text me back yet. This is, <laughs> you know, but, you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm the reason I was I curious said, about what she was going to say. She busy. I only texted her like an hour ago, so I'm, I, I may not get a response yet. But the thing about it is you're going to have chicks, especially if you know how females are. Right. You know, if they're jealous be spiteful you gotta you gotta realize that you 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 make money off of how you look you make money off your face your face being bruised up and what if you got a a photo you know shoot coming up you know or these chicks out here crazy what if she want my want to take a razor and cut you in the face it's happened she also needs security Right at that stage, in her, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure she was probably just walking around. I'm actually but her personality, at the is, now. yeah, her she p- needs security. No matter what, if you, no matter if you're that, I'm not saying she's a star, but if you're a celebrity, mm-hmm. you need security. Yeah, and she's to that point, right? You know, and she's had a lot of success off her, especially her new single. So it's gonna keep getting better. And I've seen them, I follow them on Instagram. They're always on at the hottest newspapers or the hottest magazines, doing the interviews with it. With everybody, Wendy Williams. When you start getting into negative stuff, you start losing all those those phone yeah. calls die down. I agree. And, and she, it's too early in her in her career. So she is like you said, she's gonna have to move out of New York. Period. There just comes a time when you get certain uh, to a certain status that um, 
it's just too many people. There's more. There's more people around you that want what you got than people that really support you. I don't know if she has to move out of New York, but definitely to a place where a condo, harder to get to a condo that has yeah. a doorman and people just can walk up until you. You know. Yep. Yeah. Some something something that's away from yep. what she's used to. Yep. It's time to make that trip downtown. You can't live in the project building no more. And she literally still be out there. Like, and I respect that to a point because I don't think if you ever listen to her talk, she never feels like an industry person. And she don't really like the industry. I get it. I get but it. It's but, time to go. But evidently she wants to be in the industry. No, or she wouldn't be right. doing what she's doing. And partly I think she likes some of that drama too. Yeah, but it's, it's it's probably in her nature. If you've been around that your whole life, it's difficult when nothing is going on, you feel like it's boring. Yeah. But it's not a it's not a game now, yo. People will test you, especially for social media fame. Yeah. Look at that one dude. I don't even know his name. XXX Tenacin yeah. Tenation. Tenation, whatever. Yeah. Ten- whatever. Dude, you know what I mean? Running yeah. up and punching him, knocking him out on stage. Yeah. All type of crazy stuff happened. Then he had to cancel his whole tour. Money down the drain. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's just not all that. People like to act like all that negative stuff sells only only in in fantasy land. Only lyrics for negative stuff sells. Right, and movies and movies and headlines. Right, and the headlines. They don't. If you want to really make money in the rap industry, don't do what you're actually rapping about. Right. There That's sad is. to say that, but I mean, I'm not. You know, I think I, I'd rather people not sell drugs. Anyway, I agree. You know, and it's cool if you want to talk about something that you did, and if you do it now. Hey, that's what hip hop's about. It's about expression. But, you know, if I could give anybody a word of advice that is on the cusp of being successful, or even if you're not successful, you know, all that negativity ain't going to do nothing but slow your progress down. I agree. So, um, yeah. So let's take a quick break. Um, we got Herb Middleton coming up later. I don't know if y'all know Herb, but if you don't, you need to know. He's our uh, special guest interview later, coming up later. Um, he is a former bad boy executive who has a uh, producer that worked with uh, Mary J. Blige on her first album. He's Grammy nominated. People like Al Green, SWV. He, he lives right here in the first state. So we're going to have him later, and we're going to talk to um Mike Knight a little bit uh, later, but I appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. We'll be back on the um, Corner Store Podcast Show, 100 Do It All Radio. It's your boy, King Don. web browser stay locked to 100 do it all radio.com yeah y'all should boy philadelphia freeway holding it down with king dime on the corner store podcast show earl yo 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 what up it's your boy king dime and welcome back to the corner store podcast show and man we got a special guest interview in the building former bad boy bad boy producer work with names like mary j blige al green swv total raheem devon all the way to nas even with had a had biggie smalls on the track so i gotta introduce my man a, a guy that i've known for a long time somebody i consider a spiritual mentor a music mentor my man herb middleton's in the building what's up what's up Don? what's going on See you doing it big again. Uh, <laughs> hers, man, hers been watching me in the, doing stuff in the music industry since I was like 15, 14, yeah. seeing me perform with my old rap groups and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Critiquing, 
Yep, critiquing. You definitely came a long way, man. I'm proud of you. I what? appreciate that. Dom, let me find out you spit. Stop playing. Uh, <laughs> I haven't spent a long time. Oh, it was funny. He didn't tell me. We he had kept, a we kept that from me. Wow. We had a we had a Christian rap rap group back in uh like two thousand probably three to two thousand five. Right. Um we like did our own shows, we promoted our own stuff, recorded we went and bought our own equipment off a of musician's friend, recorded stuff, and I mean, it got better over time. You know what I mean? I think we we definitely let him listen to a lot of stuff and give us his ideas. And you know, I remember the first time he told us our first uh, performance, he was like, "You, you gotta stop looking when you win the stage. You can't just look down. All y'all was looking down." And I kept, I remembered that forever. It was like, so now, so now when I watch other people's people's performances i think about that i'm like wow. you gotta back and forth you know what i mean Dom, I, I need those files yeah yeah i like to see them too i got some old I stuff i need them files though i'll send you some old stuff mike what you gotta do is hear the music right that's what i'm saying i need those mp3 files though i need well, those when we finish this uh when we finish this uh interview i'll show you some oh, stuff wow. on the internet I can't wait <laughs> but nah man uh herb i'm so happy that you're here man i really appreciate you taking time to no come problem, out um, But you got a lot of history man Other than you being right here In Delaware mm-hmm. And being a voice And a mentor To so many people here You have so much Rich rich history In the music industry mm-hmm. um, And what you've done And let's just really Take it back to the beginning I mean From what I read You know You, you came up under Can you tell us about Loris Holland Yeah Loris Holland He was my musical mentor He was the one that Gave me the You know The first opportunity To get into the music business Mm. Um, I was uh, We were both musicians At a ministry In in Brooklyn And he left first And then next thing You know I got a call from him Mm. And um, I guess He saw something in me Because he took me Under his wing You know Showed me the um, The science And art of How to write a song Right And um you know, I watched them produce, and I stood there as long as I could mm-hmm. until I got a little antsy, like most artists right. and producers do. You know, you, you at, at some point you want to fly on your own. Right. And uh, one of his one of his uh, cliches or one of his his what something that he left with me that used to leave me frustrated was like, you gotta hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. You see how you just That's looked at me? <laughs> <laughs> that makes your mind like what? Yeah. So that was like. Hurry up and wait. You know, I'd be all, I'd leave the studio all mad. Like, <laughs> like what? hurry up and wait. I'm confused. But, right. But what he was saying is like, you got to be patient. Mm. You know, and um, patience is something that um, we, you know, in the music business is a rush. So you right. want to get to the top fast. So it's almost, I almost, when I hear hurry up and wait, almost sounds like stay hungry, but be patient, kind of. Yeah. That's like, dope. St- I, hey, that's, that's still, a new one. When I think of it, yeah, still have that. That antsiness about you Because it's not a bad thing It's an urgency You know what I mean But Stay hungry Stay hungry But be patient, be patient. I like that you <laughs> That sounds like a t-shirt Yeah right. Watch it Stay hungry Be patient Right Make a song out of it I know <laughs> Word that's, it. That's, that's a producer talking right now He be ready to go till 3am No problem <laughs> Right so you you learn from Loris, and now one thing I you know I thought was interesting about your background is that you seem to have just that obviously that God given gift early, yeah. you know just you picked up instruments right away, and yeah. now you learned what your first instrument was the drums, right? First instrument was the drums, the next was the bass, and then keys came later. Right, and it seemed like you had some like good teachers and stuff in your schools that kind of saw that and were getting into get you into bands and stuff like that. Yeah, well, you know, my first, my I, I, the first band I played in was my, you know, junior high school band. 
I played the bass in that band. Mm. And then and then a neighbor that was I'm from the South Bronx, so you know I'm you know I, I call myself a frustrated Puerto Rican. So yeah, I saw that. I was gonna you ask you about that. that. You, that. you know I did my research, so I, know, I was I like, know you, I know you, you know, know I'm sitting there like, yo, he played in like a Latin, yeah. I think a Latin band. Yeah, you, if you listen to my music, I always have some some kind of Latin instrument. See, that's a great though. That's a great you know you know. How old were you when you do that? Twelve. With, like grown people in a band. I, I, I can't remember. <laughs> what spots was, was you? What spots was, was you allowed to play in at twelve? Hey, you know, um, well, first of all, the, the band. I remember the band. We used, to, we, used to, we used to rehearse in the basement mm. of this apartment building in the Bronx, mm. and um, that was it. Was a good experience, man, because actually, actually, I was the youngest in the band, mm. and there was another bass player there that I ended up moving out. Like, I, and I didn't do it on purpose. Right. It was just they took a liking to my what I was doing. Right, and and he was probably pissed. Oh, he was pissed off. He, he was, was pissed, so angry. Yo. Watch a twelve-year-old kid come out of nowhere and take right. his spot. And the problem was, he his father was the superintendent of the building. Damn. So it was like, yo, y'all not gonna be rehearsing here, no right? More. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta find somewhere to go. Yeah. So it, that was a good experience, man. Like you know, playing, learn, learning how to play the you know the Latin flavor and all the rhythms. So mm. and being a drummer. At, you know, my mother bought me a Mickey Mouse drum set. Mm. Mickey Mouse. Wow. Shout out to Mickey. Shout out to Mickey. <laughs> and I uh, learned how to play the drums on that, you know, with my brother. Mm. And so, you know, like I said, putting up, being a drummer first and then listening and then being around a Latin percussion. Right. Man, it was, it was like, it was like really to me, it's like when I look back at it, it's like a, like God ordained for, mm. for now. Cause now I could, I went from that. To the to Latin, then I went to hit, then the next thing you know there was hip hop came. Right. Wow. So what was I mean? What was your in, influence like? The earliest you can remember as a kid, like some people who are who are musically genius like you, who are who pick up the you know the stuff that the instruments that you pick up at an early age. Sometimes they just hear differently than everybody else. Yeah. Is that something that you realize from an early age listening to music? Like you, you could you could recognize sounds and different instruments and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could. That I mean, the ear is just a gift. It's one thing to be able to um, be educated in music, which I which I don't, which I you know I encourage. Right. But if you have the a gift, if you have an ear, it's like things you hear stuff that nobody else hears. And it's right. Like, like actually, I just had an experience not too long ago. I wrote a song for this brother who's a who's a, a doctor in music, mm. and he was like, "I can't figure out what you did," and I was like, "I don't know what I did." <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I what to call it. Right. I just know I heard it, and that that like that took me for a loop because here you are, you got a degree, you can transcribe and write out everything but you couldn't figure out what I did and to be honest it wasn't that intricate it was really not that it was just a progression mm. so when did you get hooked up with, with Puffy because when did you first you know start, I know you worked with him on a couple when he was at Uptown wasn't he nah he was I, I was just telling Mike that he was leaving Uptown when I got with him so I was oh, okay. like he was I met with him at Uptown Records Center on his exit Mm. So that's how earlier He was going in And starting Bad Boy Yeah And it it, Like It wasn't even Bad Boy I didn't even know It was Bad Boy Till We got down Manhattan somewhere (laughs) Right And you seen the I seen the growth From the door From the gate Mm. What was your first What's some of your first Memories of Puffy Of working with him Because I know he's, He's notorious for his 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 drive and his uh his ability just to 
to just non-stop push 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 can you and you got any uh good stories of working with puffy <laughs> I, have, I have great stories some i can't speak out about <laughs> give me but, one quick one well like puff like you said he was a workaholic like he, his drive this is one thing i've taken with me from working with him that when you he was so passionate man like i'd be in the studio my eyes would be like bloodshot red I'd be like sleeping at the at the board, and mm. he's still like going. He just goes hard, man. Mm. Like he goes, he's he's he was nonstop. Mm. And um, and he we he he worked like that, and we worked like that passionately until we ended up having to deal with um with Clive with uh LaFace. Mm. And so that's the first project I did with him was Usher when he Usher was 15. So you can imagine. wow wow, that's crazy. So moment of sounds for Usher. Yeah, we wow. flew. We flew to uh, Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, and worked at Dallas Austin studio. Wow, Dallas Austin. That's a, that's a really big name. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So so you got to meet Usher when he was real young. I got to. Usher was 15 years old when I met him. It's crazy. That's crazy. And I remember uh, seeing some stuff about that. How they were worried that when he turned his uh when his um his puberty would hit that he would lose his voice. I, I saw that on a show. Like they was worried, they was getting ready to drop him coming as he got older, but he ended up it ended up working out. You know that's 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 crazy that you mentioned that because you just brought up a memory. When I when I did the record I did on him, there was like a space in time, mm-hmm. and his voice changed. Oh, from recording it the first time. Yeah. So, so when I like we we started recording in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. End up in New York recording the rest of the record that I did on him, mm-hmm. and, it, and his voice changed. Mm. Wow! So you did you have to redo it, or you just went with it? We went with it. What what record was that? Smile again. Now I gotta go back and see if I can hear that difference. Smile again. That's what's up. So you know we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, I want to get into some of the stuff that you did with Mary J and how it was working with her, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna get into what you got going on now. So this is the right. Corner Store Podcast. We got her Middleton up in the building. We'll be right back. Turn up, turn up. Take us with you on the go. Download the mobile app. One hundred. Do it all. Radio. Back, back to the, back to the. You're listening, well, because we do it all, right here on 100 Do It All Radio. 100 Do It All Radio, it's your boy King Dom, and we are back for the Corner Store Podcast show, and we still got Herb Middleton here, rocking out with us. King Dom, I hey. like that. King Dom. <laughs> King Dom. Yeah, you know, you get the parallel. Yeah. So, so um, let's really go um, to when the first time, when is the first time you remember meeting Mary J and how y'all hooked up? Uh, it was the My Life album, you know. Obviously, that's, that was that's, her iconic. Yep. Yeah, that's that's still the album to, to this day. Yep. Um, I, you know, because I was working with Puff, you know, back in that day, back in that time, you know, just meeting her, having her come to the studio and working, it just it was just. I can't even describe it. It was just it was just a great experience for me, man. Like you know, she's me. She's the queen of R&B, hip hop, soul. Right. Um. How do how do you what is the creative process like when you first met her, y'all just vibe out like get, you know try to try to figure out where the sounds going or how what did she how does what did she explain to you she was looking for in her project? Well, it was really Mary was really kind of her and Puff had more the di, you know the direction di, dialogue. I did, I was 
back then I was just pro- pro- providing the music. Mm. So Puff was on the, on set, just like really providing the, you know, Mary do it like this way, and I'd be in the back, I'd be watching, and you know, if she sing us sing something that was a little off key, and I'd be like, what about that? And he'd be like, nah, but the emotion. So he, you know, Puff was always about the emotion. He's mm. his thing was like, man, if I if I got chill bumps, you know, then I know I love it. That's weird Because I was going to ask you about You know people say Mary sings off key And I was going to ask you about that In the creative process Mm -hmm. And now you know Since you said you know Puff said What about the emotion Because a lot of people Singers And you know people in studios And people learning to sing In music theory Mm -hmm. They always talk about How Mary is off key Well you know Every For the most part There's a lot of artists That go off key Uh, But here's the reality like we're talking about R&B music and we're talking about soul music and music that comes from the soul is not it's not processed man like right. if you listen to the older music like from from back in the day like Marvin Gaye mm-hmm. like there was a lot of imperfections notes, imperfections yep. off you know off time it mm-hmm. was like that that was the essence of soul music so but it was almost more live sounding than it was processed through right. a studio. Yeah. Right. It's really so now we got all these all this technology that, that corrects everything, that puts everything perfect time and it, and it's kind of flavored out the soul. Mm, so you lose the authenticity yeah. of the voice. Yeah. Like the dramatics of right. it. And it makes the music mechanical. It makes it yeah. mechanical. So you got plastic so there's no substance. So already so in this day we got music that's lyrically no that has no substance. And we got production that has no substance. And we got vocal production that has no substance. Mm. And that's miss that's what's missing. Um so right now when I produce, I look for the note. I mean I'm not gonna have you singing like 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 you scratching you know, a blackboard. Right, but I look for the emotion. I look for the feeling of what are you, what are you projecting when you sing that lyric? Right, because it has to, it has to transfer to the listener. Right, and Mary J. Blige for her singing notes that may not be on point, she connects with people's souls. That's what made her so dope. And that's funny you said that because I was just about to say that. Like, my looking, I always like to look at things. When I stare at artists and I stare, I always look at everything like from a marketing standpoint. Like, Mm -hmm. why is this person, despite my personal feelings about her music, Mm -hmm. why are they successful? Mm -hmm. And one thing I think about Mary is that. Her raspiness and her 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 not always hitting the correct notes. People resonate with her though because it's almost like that raspiness makes her level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's one thing you got Beyonce and everybody loves Beyonce and she can never do no wrong. Mm-hmm. But Mary J is almost like your homegirl. That's right. like a but that's a legend. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when she sings no more drama and those songs that she sings that she had back in the day, people don't care about the fact that her voice cracked because they voice might might be cracking. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she still brings it home. Right. Yeah. You people, know what I mean? People really relate to Mary's message in the yeah. music. If you uh, if you ever around females and Mary come on, it seems like it's it's almost like they in church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. almost like it's yeah. a spiritual like connection with There's Mary connection. because of the issues that Mary has or have mm-hmm. have had and the and issues that they go into. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but that's why she's back. Right. Cause you know, some artists like Tony Braxton was always used looked at as the heartbreak right. artist. Mary J is the same way. I mean, all her albums you look at like 
come from some type of pain or her greatest albums. Yes, I no, agree. You know what I mean? Like it was my, it was my, uh, my era. It was no more drama. Women was singing that song. They loved that song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was powerful. You know, because so many women have been going through that domestic violence. Now she's been cheated on with her recent husband, and so her album's popping again. You know what I mean? Just because people, that's you, you, you don't ever wish that kind of situation on anybody. Mm-hmm. But you know, some people just make the best music when they're when broken. They're, when they're broken, right? When they're broken, and 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 it, I just I just got a thought. You know, when when hip hop came into play. Uh, you didn't have these. You didn't have the timing co- correction. Mm-hmm. Correction. So the beats was kind of sloppy a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When the SB12, you couldn't just move. You the, can't quantize right. and put everything in, in place. Now everything is so like you got these quadruple hi hats that's flowing. Mm-hmm. That's that you know is inhumanly po- right. impossible. You got fruity loops. Right. You can move everything. Yeah. So right. you, you got all these all this technical stuff. And again. You know, I'm from the real hip hop era. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I offend anybody that's listening, but I'm from the era where hip hop began, and that's not to say it's better, but it's authenticity. Right. Did I say that right? Yeah. I mean, you from New York, right? So you watched it happen. Yeah. So like, so if you relate that to how Mary J. Blige gets down in her music, she's the queen of hip hop. So everything is not polished. Right. But it's. But it's it's from the soul, and it's and it's raw. You, like now, hip hop is pretty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in a lot of ways, it's very pretty. It's like too pretty. It's too pretty for me. <laughs> to each his own. You feel me? But from like, fashion to <laughs> like, voice to all type of weird stuff it, going on. Yeah. So, so that's that's the you know that's the great thing that that Mary always had. And I believe that she should embrace, and she does embrace that. Like, you know, when she did a thing in Philly a couple weeks ago, she did a lot of records from the My Life album. She didn't do mine. I appreciate that, Mary. <laughs> you sent one to her? No, no the, one, the one, the one he oh, did. Oh yeah, I'm talking about you. Talking about for the old album, okay? Yeah, my life, man. Yeah, like, I was like, I can't get no love. <laughs> well, anyway, I was proud of her because she, she you know, she, she even, you know, she even, um said something to the women that was really powerful mm. and, her, and her performance man she really shined on it Philly mm. a couple weeks ago that, what would, uh, what concert was that for it was, July, for it was like was, what was it it was some kind of she was somewhere in Philly recently yeah with Boys and Men oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay she was somewhere in Philly yeah. recently now I, I got a question for you I'm looking at um, you know some of the things you've done mm. and some of the other producers and, and uh, people that play instruments how much did you learn from other producers, songwriters? Because I'm looking at like these names that you were on projects with, and it's like, like Chucky Thompson, like it's like Donnell Jones, like that David Hollister, Faith Evans. What did you learn from those great musicians, songwriters, and producers coming up in that era of greatness? Hmm. I was really on my own time. Like, it wasn't that I it wasn't that I couldn't learn from them, but I was really. If there's anybody that I learned from in those eras, I gotta go back to Puff, because 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 he he was a, a visionary, and still is a visionary. As you, you know, he's so he's very successful. Um, musically, Chucky Thompson, man, you know, his style is dope. He plays, you know, he's a he's an excellent musician as well. He's one of my favorite producers. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a dope he's a dope producer. Um, Darnell, you know, actually me and Darnell, we uh, 
we we went down. I'll never forget. Um, Puff actually had us go down to work with Keith Sweat down in Atlanta at some point. And um, but you know, Donnell's dope songwriter, whatever. Um, so Mike, to a- to answer your question, man, like I, I really, I I, w- I was more of a producer that like had my ears glued to people like George Duke. Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea. Like Herbie music. Hancock's one of the first artists my dad ever showed me when I was a kid. Yeah. Herbie Hancock was Rocket. Yeah. Chick Corea was one of the first albums that I bought to sample from. That's crazy. <laughs> See? So those were my learning tools. Like, um, so I, I never was over when I got to the studio, I was doing I was doing my creative. Mm. I was doing my thing. I was doing my and I was the only one using the toy to produce records with, so I, I, I definitely stood out. <laughs> I was using, using Atari to do all the records I did in the 90s. Atari? Wow. Yeah. What? A-T-A-R-I, dude. You don't know what Atari is? You're young. You're young. The video game system? The video game system. Yeah. You use it to produce? All of my 90s records, uh, and I, I use Atari. All the Mary, what? the music, Mary Brownstone. How do you produce through Atari? Though? Dude, I did it. <laughs> like you used, you manipulated the program. There's, somehow? there's a program called Notator. You know, producers that maybe listen, they know, they know about mm-hmm. Notator okay. program. But it was a, it's Atari. People used to be like, "Yo, I heard you know using the NPC." No, man, it was Atari. What? There's a lot of questions. Hey, I got hey, to Google. Hey. That's crazy. Hey, man. Man, I never knew you could use Atari. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You could use whatever you like. People used to talk about fruity loops, but you know whatever works for you. Yeah, works for you. that's what I. That's mm. what I've heard. I've heard the same exact thing, and it, it doesn't matter what you use; it's how you use it. You yeah, use it. I got my father it's like an instrument. Me a cheap bass. Everybody had a Fender bass. My bass was like eighty-eight cents, eighty-eight dollars and ninety cent type bass, <laughs> and I had to, and that was it, you know. But I learned. But you probably, you probably rocked it. You probably loved that bass. I used it. Yeah. So so now with me, I'm the type to do. I'm a type of producer that's like. I mean, I got a bunch of sounds now, mm-hmm. but I'm still using sounds from the '90s. You know what I'm saying? Word. You know. That's what's up. So uh, another question, man, I have for you is like, really, when you were transitioning, um, what what I know, um, obviously, because I know you personally. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've been, you know, probably in the gospel game for a while, and you also have been a, a minister of music. Mm-hmm. At Victory Christian Fellowship, shout out to them. Grew up going there. Yeah, yeah. And um, what really, what transitioned you out of that part of your life? So, like, what was there a moment when? Because I know, I don't know. Were you part of the Hitman, the original Hitman? No, I was telling Mike I was, be, I, I was before the Hitman. You like, before so, that, that's so what Puff, I thought. Okay. I uptown, I met with him in Uptown. So that was before all them. You probably were around some of the same guys. I like, was the grandfather. Right. <laughs> so was 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 Tony Dofat around during that time? Tony Dofat was. I, I used to work with Tony Dofat closely. Me and him actually was because of Tony I met Heavy D. Wow. And and a lot of people don't know Tony Dofat. You know who Tony Dofat is? I know because I watch Making the Band a lot. Yeah, Tony <laughs> Dofat, his catalog is crazy. Yeah, it's kind of, he's crazy. His dope. catalog is crazy. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Tony if you listen, man. He's doing a lot. He's doing a lot of great things these days. Mm. You know, I'll be I check him out on Facebook. He's uh Doing some great things. So, so what was really the um, the transition period out of? Because I'm sure you had you came to a crossroads when Bad Boy was. You had an opportunity to go the the really really gully gully successful. I did go route. gully, you, but I, I but I was undercover. 
You was undercover gully. I was undercover gully. I did. I'm gonna tell you how undercover gully I was. Um, you remember the record "Take It Off" by who? Az. Yes, that's me. Right. Wow. Wow. I thought Precision did that. Les. Me and Les. Oh wow. But Precision is on that album, right? Yeah, he's on that album. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I did take it off, and my transition came after that record. My wife was watching BET, and the video came on. If you want to, Mike, you may be able to pull it up while we while we talking, <laughs> and you'll see. You in the video? No, I ain't in the video. My wife said, her, your song is playing, so you recognize the music. Right. And then when I looked at the video, I was like... I thought about my daughters on the other side. Yeah, because it's, like it's like a strip club type record, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, that was my transition. And then I went into so-called, I'm going to say the gospel market from that point because I like kind of left the mainstream. Right. And, um, and then I had my experiences there. But to be honest with you, my experiences there were worse. I'm, I'm not surprised. So, like, I don't. So I'm not when, surprised. So when it comes to that. When it comes to that genre and that that business, that business set of music, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I'm not gonna knock it because like God could use anything, mm-hmm. but as far as a business, it's the same. The some yeah, yeah, it's, it's the, no different. It's still snakes in that, probably more. Yeah, yeah. There's just cover up behind scripture by calling Jesus, and I'm not a religious guy at all. Actually, the older I get, the more I'm like I'm appreciating. Just having a real relationship with God, mm-hmm. and 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 being real, and not like, cause before I used to, you know, I used to be like kind of old, like, oh man, he cursed, right? Oh, I can't listen to, you know, but I, but I said, right. hold up, what, don't I listen to, no, I watch movies that curse, right? <laughs> See, then that's the one thing we've had a lot of conversations about is that's where I'm at now. It's just like even growing up in the church, I'm still I still go to church every Sunday. I still love God, but I think the the religious stuff has clouded and and really made Christians look bad. You know what I mean? I think like you said, you found out the gospel. I found out with dealing with I I, I honestly don't I, I honestly were more com- I was more comfortable around the people that didn't go to church than the people that did go to church. And I had this conversation with my wife like I just like being around real people. You know what I mean? I like being around people that are transparent, that don't seem like they have, you know, some type of motive. I don't like all that extra over, you know, or being over over religious about everything. Like like you said, somebody cursing, this is a big deal, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you stealing music or or you mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or yeah. you Like that's the worst stealing. thing. That's the worst thing to every person that you know, a lot of religious people that, you know, label themselves as Christians. It's like if somebody does something, like then they look down on the person that's doing it, but not realizing that the biggest example that Christ had was when he's like, he without sin cast the first stone. And right. that, that always like never really, I don't know why that never really resonates in some people mm-hmm. because it's like, like if I see Mike doing something, I'm be like, "Oh, Mike, man, you messed up for doing that." But what about the stuff that I'm doing behind closed doors that right. that that Mike don't see? So yeah. is it my stuff any any better? And and now I'm like, "Yo, man, the church is you, bro." Yeah. Like I said, it's like it's not the building is an organization. Right. You know what I'm saying? The church is the church is people. I think that's really driving the younger generation away from church. Yeah. It is. It is. Because they see the hypocrisy. They see. Right. They see how they, you know, people, you know, get, if they look a certain way, then you get turned up. If you, 
and then people become worshippers of man. Like every man in this world, man, I don't care where you from. From you got ten thousand members to two, you're all men. Yeah. And and to be honest, like if you do have a relationship with God, first of all, you're gonna treat people right. Right. How about that? So so what I really need, I, I need like so I really need is that what where was your mindset at? So when you after you finished that A Z record, what was that 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 conversation you had to have with yourself? Because I know you could have stayed with probably stayed with Bad Boy and continued to work, or was there was there a conversation? Did you ever have did you go to Puff and say, I'm done? Like what was really your out in that situation? My the conversation was, man, like honestly, I thought about my babies. My daughters were they were they were girls and I thought about I, I, I said, you know what? These girls on the poles, they somebody's, they some father's daughters. Right. So I'm thinking, and then I said, the guys that's like just, just wilding in the, in, in the video, that's like they have no respect for these girls on the pole because they have no respect for themselves. Right. If those guys have children, right? Mm-hmm. That means that when my daughters get to be their children's age, that means that their sons may be treating my daughters the same way. Right. Right. Wow. So I said, like, I don't want my music to be a part of that because that means I'm, 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 I'm feeding the thing that may come back and and, and, and rob my daughters of their virginity. Right. Nine years old. Mm. So I, I, I made it. I said, look, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Not for, I ain't doing it no more. Right. So now my music is like, like I'm very, not a, I'm not a nun with the music, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or I don't try to make female nuns with as artists, but I, I be, I'm, as for me, I just try to be more responsible because I know that somebody's listening. Right. And I don't want to set a tone for anybody to disrespect a woman, and, and brothers too, man. Like we, we, we disrespect each other, man. You know. Because we listen to everybody disrespect each other, right? Yeah, and 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 basically, with the conversation that we've been having, off you know offline, it's like we we already know that we are our enemies, right? We don't like. Do we really need <laughs> to be enemies of ourselves at this at this point? Right. Look at the look at the world, man. Right. If there's any time to come together and to and to finally say, okay, listen, we gotta we gotta rebuild our community. Right. It's, it's now, it's now considering man. what's going on in the in the world yep. and in the political climate, and um, we really do have to take a page out of what we see, what I see Jewish people do, or what I see Chinese people do. Mm-hmm. That's why I really appreciated the stuff that Jay Z said in his new album. Yeah. Whether you like him or not, mm-hmm. you know the, the message was good. The message is is what should come from somebody his age at this point Mm -hmm. on a rap record. I was glad he didn't come out with, you know, the club records. I'm glad he spit some game because you do need to stop throwing a bunch of money at the club, at the strip club. You do need to, you know, make sure your credit's right Mm -hmm. because it's about time that we start owning our stuff. And that's Mm -hmm. what we were talking about with the gentrification going on in Wilmington. If you own that building, they can't gentrify you. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you start learning to buy this building and buy your own housing and, and, and helping set up other... When I see, you know, Indian people in other countries come from other countries, they come live with in, in their same communities. And I'm not saying that you have to be... You can go live uh, amongst any race you want, but I, I, I see other races pull their 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 community up. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and I really have always respected that about about Jewish people. And when I see Chinese people come in, they they open up all these stores, they collaborate together. There's they also th- there's also uh, things in place to help them when they come. Though that's true. So don't forget that. No, I mean, no, you know what I mean? Right. That's 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 equally we important. We still have systematic issues, right? Okay. That are 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 tailored to make sure keep black people that. down. You know what I mean? And that's something that we have, like, that's the other side of it that we have to be revolutionary and fight. Right. It's twofold. Like, it's twofold. twofold. It's not just us. Right. You know, and it's not just them. Right. So yeah, I, you're I right. I got you. You know, and, and 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 we do have to like take all that head on with the with the with the powers that be that do things intentionally. Yeah, we the we the most like as a, as a people, we are so Responsible for being creative of so many things, so many things outside stuff of, gets stolen outside of music. And but if you just think about the arts, man, like mm-hmm. like we we use our art, we use the thing that's most powerful to, to kill each other. Yep, like hip hop. Hip hop's probably hip-hop. the most powerful genre ever. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So this, this is that's you know I just I just hope that at some point we wake up and we because if you. If you think about it, man, like you have you ever driven in, in your car and you and, and and a parent drive past you and their little kid is in the back with a, not even able to sit in the regular seat mm-hmm. in a child in like a child seat mm-hmm. and the music that's that's going into that child's ears at three four years old it manifests. The, the parenting man is like. Yeah. Parent, the parenting is on zero these days. So nah, you're right. Head. And see, growing up, um, my parents didn't. My my dad introduced me to hip hop through groups like that that he thought was fun rap. So like you know, starting out with people like Mantronics, I listened to them a lot. My dad had tapes, but then Biz I, you Markey. know, Biz Markey, I had, yep, he Fat bought me Boys. that. Fat Boys, all the stuff that he was listening to, you know what I mean? Um, and Sugar Hill Gang, all that mm-hmm. stuff that was more of the 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 party oh, fun, happy rap, fun right. rap, right? Mm-hmm. And but I remember um, vividly as a kid that I wasn't allowed to listen to some music, but I snuck it. I went and did it anyway. Like mm. my first album I ever bought was Big Punk Capital Punishment. Wow. You know, and I'm on the bus with I'm on the bus with one of those old Colby cheap CD players, and every time I hit a speed bump, it skips. Right. And I'm trying to hold it flat. You know what I mean? But and they and they're finding these CDs under my bed and I'm getting in trouble for them. But even though I still listened to what I wanted to listen to, I had a consciousness. You had a consciousness. And I knew that what I'm listening to wasn't real. Wasn't real life. Now I have gone through times when I, you know, I let outside influences have me doing stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. When I got older, when I was, you know what I mean, when I got older and I had real life hit me. But at that age, like my dad whooped my behind, so I wasn't about to do nothing that I was talking about in this album. I just lo- thought it was great. You know, I loved rapping. You know, I loved listening to these artists. But I knew better. You know, I think these kids now, a lot of the kids that my age now are parents, and they don't. Not got it. They don't have that. Got so it. now you got kids from a young age that their parents are listening to it. They see it happening, and, and it's on the bus. It's on the bus. You know, social media is different now. Everybody gotta be a gangster. Everybody yeah. got headphones. Everybody got headphones. So you you see the you see the generation gap like yep. like yours was a Kobe CD player. Now the CD player is the phones. Right. And they and they and you can't monitor what they listen to. Nope. If I man, I wish I'd have had this when I was a kid. Oh, forget about <laughs> it. You may not be here right now <laughs> <No>. interviewing me. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But I had to you know I had to go I had to go get my stuff. So we don't have a whole lot of time. So a couple one more thing I wanted to touch on was um was just. 
really um, if you could give some advice to um, the artists in Delaware because you've been here long enough uh, for a long time and you've seen you've worked with Delaware artists you've seen you've been frustrated you've seen all the sides of it um, and really what do you think needs to change with the Delaware music scene some of what we talked about earlier but what do you what what really needs to happen to really change the culture the music culture here in the state before you answer that I just want to add in producers because there's a lot of producers and producers right mm-hmm. anybody in the music right. okay. mm-hmm. arts uh, category uh, the one thing that I the one thing that I think is important for uh, for, for producers and artists if that's really really serious about their career mm-hmm. Is they have to find the value in originality. Um, that's been a that's been the downfall of the music industry. I don't know if you realize that. Mm-hmm. That's been the downfall of the music industry for. This is why we have MP3s now. It's right. Like, because if you don't make quality music, you're, you're thumbing down the you're thumbing down the business. And if you and if you duplicate each other you're thumbing down the business right if you if you hear a producer that's dope okay respect his dopeness but don't duplicate him find your own creativity right find your own sounds everybody sounds the same anytime you have something that sounds the same the business is thumbed down from cooking to cars, you notice, you know, you got different cars. Imagine if they were just one manufacturer, Ford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you feel me? So, so musically, artists need to be. They need to understand the value of individuality, and and they need to be able to break out. Because Delaware is a small spot, but you gotta be willing to move outside of Delaware. Yeah, with your music, and you gotta know the difference between promotions. And in some kind of way, value has to be restored to the musician. Because if you give stuff away for free all the time, you're never going to make money. Mm, that's true. <laughs> that's right. SoundCloud people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, learn learn about learn about all of the uh, tech, you know, learn about BMI. How many people, how many of... As you as a songwriter You are, are aligned with BMI ASCAP So that when your songs do get played On 100 Do it all radio Radio.com Yep You can Because we do pay royalties you, yes, See we, Yes yeah, we do, I gotta, can we do a hand clap with it? Yes we <laughs> Yes we, we do, do pay royalties We pay royalties We pay royalties So I'm going to send you all my whole collection this week by the way. <laughs> Right okay. Y'all heard it first here 100 <laughs> Do it all radio.com Let's do it Let's do it HerdMiddletonMusic.com You know what I'm saying There you so, go So that that's what I would You know Find your originality Um don't get caught up in the social media hype. Don't think because people like you that that's a, that that means that you're successful. No, the, the social media hype is 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 cool to a certain degree, but it's also deceiving. Mm-hmm. So those are those are some of the nuggets that I would word man. Well, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming. I mean, you know, I'm personally. Happy, yeah, man. I'm like, hey, Dom. Anytime, man. I'm, I'm like I said, we, we we like family, man. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for having me. You know, appreciate you, man. And we um just wanna again, we just I, I, I honestly, other than you know, you a humble dude, but we just thank you for your contribution, you know, contribution to the music industry, for your gift, mm-hmm. you know, and for and for not selling out. You know what I mean? Because you really could have. Right. You could have sold all the way out. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you've had them times when it gets hard that you're like, 
Oh, I got stories. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> oh, well, we, we ready for that. <laughs> I got stories. We are definitely ready for the book. I love reading the inside <laughs> yes, stories. Me too. The backstories about stuff in, in, in the music industry. Well, we only have, too bad we only have an hour today, but I want to thank Herb Middleton for coming through, man. Legendary producer, living right here in the first state in Delaware. Um, again, thank you, man. Appreciate you. And this is the uh, Corner Store Podcast 100 Do It All Radio. Check this out, y'all. 100 Do It All Radio is powered by the Fleet DJs. Back, back, back. Back. Now, now.